0: revealed to us. There, got it. Okay. Um, By all those mercies, we're to present ourselves as living sacrifices um, constantly and being holy and acceptable to Him. And, by the way, that's only reasonable service or worship. We see that uh, this is all starting with our relationship with God first before we move into the area dealing with uh, the church and the gifts Uh, The very basis is the fact that we always approach uh, God. And um, that is where we always have our power. Uh, That is where we have now the ability to be able to carry out His things when we have the right relationship with Him. So He says, do not be conformed to this world. Don't be wrapped up into that mold, but be transformed. Changed because the Word of God, which is powerful and effective, and uh, changes one's life. It renews your mind when you search out His truth. Your mind is being changed from the thought process that the world has to offer. And, as we look at it last week, if you do that, you can prove to yourself that God's will is good and God's will, will is acceptable. And, by the way, it is perfect. And the more and more we live that out in our experience as we... Live our daily Christian walk, having our minds transformed, then it will prove to us that uh, everything that He has uh, for us, whether we know it at the moment or not, is really a good, beneficial thing for us. So that moves us in to verse 3, and it kind of sets up uh, what our relationship is to be with ourselves just for a moment as we move into another part dealing with gifts and relating to others in the church. So we want to see that, okay, relationship with God, worship. Relationship with myself is that um, I don't think more highly of myself than I ought to. And then that's where we'll move in, I don't know, uh, probably in the next week or two as we get into uh, the gifts. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this evening and what a precious time it is to uh, just gather around your word. You are certainly an awesome God indeed who we desire to pursue. And you are a God that we enjoy. And we uh, thank you, Lord, for your great grace the mercies, as Romans 12.1 says, that you've given to us. What a great love that you have. We have been forgiven. And we see where we uh, stand as far as our position, being in Christ. We rejoice over that. And we also know that via the Holy Spirit, we now have the ability to please you through your Holy Spirit. You will empower us to be able to function with inside the body of Christ and being able to reach out into the world. Thank you for doing that, Lord. You certainly are a great God, for without uh, Christ, we would be nothing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, the Church of England said a prayer after uh, their communion. <clears throat> it was basically Romans 12:1 and 2 here. It said, Here we offer and present unto thee, O Lord, ourselves, our souls and bodies, to be a reasonable, holy, and living sacrifice unto Thee. That is their prayer. Sounds like Romans 12, 1 and 2 doesn't it? And that's what we want to do. We want to present our souls. Of course, He has already done that with us. He has converted us. We want to present our bodies, and we want to present our minds to Him. And when we do that, then we can see ourselves correctly, and then we can see how we relate to uh, to others. It I guess initially, if you'll never know your gift unless you have done verses one and two. If you present yourselves as living sacrifices, if you are being transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you can know somewhat your gift is. If you if you don't know uh, about some of the things that's being put forth here about presenting ourselves and not conforming to the world and being transformed by the mind, how can you know your gift? And you you can't. Um, You're going to get questions a lot. of People probably say, I just don't know my gift. And there are a lot of people that may not necessarily know a specific gift that they do. They just do it. (laughs) They've been equipped by God and they they serve, but they don't necessarily uh, name it. But the thing is, I don't think you'll ever know your gift or at least your potential of it if you don't take Romans 12, 1 and 2 and apply that. Uh, being in God's Word is, of course, I think uh, always an answer to, uh, to everything. But if you're not at the point of total dedication, total commitment to Him, uh, it is awfully hard to see what your function is in the body of Christ and the terms of service. Um, never reaching the, say this quote, full potential. We, we're always going to fall short of... Uh, God's glory and being able to use everything he's given. But um, we need to operate on a level of total commitment to Christ, a total sellout in in everything. Um, The first one, I think, as Paul brings forth, he he starts with that word for, kind of reminds Mm you of uh, other verses where he's used so often. uh, Therefore, for, it's connecting from verse 2, and he's changing... uh, his view here, not a view, but he's changing his sense in going, okay, this is where it's heading. Okay, if you've done this, if you have this as a basis, now we're going to um, tell you this is where it's going to start as far as the way you think about yourself. And, and we've been talking about the mind, and we've been talking about thinking. Uh, how do we think about ourselves? We, we think about ourselves quite frequently. Sometimes we think about ourselves too much. We think too highly. Or sometimes we can go the other extreme, but Paul appeals with a a great word, and that great word is grace. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. And you'll see the word uh, think used frequently in that verse. So we're still thinking here as we think about the uh, transformed mind, the renewing of the mind. Paul is saying, okay, there's grace involved here and we know that each one of us, um, when we think of grace, we can't be thankful enough for what he grants to us um, freely. But that word here is used about the grace that was granted to Paul as an apostle. As far as his authority is concerned, and that's what he's pushing on them. God is telling me by myself being an apostle and this grace that I have been granted in this particular position that don't think too highly of yourself. Uh, that's, That's kind of what he's doing. He's ordained as God's apostle, and he's authorized to reveal God's word. And, of course, here in Romans 12, you can imagine, as he is speaking, it's just like God is speaking himself, right? An apostle is giving the very word of God. Of course, we have it here written down that we can actually read and uh, study, get some understanding on it. And he says that, um, I don't want to presume upon my position, but at the same time, I've been given authority, It's a special grace that's been given to me. And because of that, you need to do this. Uh, Look in uh, Romans chapter 1. We'll see how Paul, uh, early on in the letter, appealed to his apostleship. Verse 1 says, Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, Drop down to verse 5. Through him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom you also are the call to Jesus Christ. There he uh, has the grace that's granted to him, uh, for one thing, as being an apostle. And, uh, of course, he is in obedience, but he's calling the saints to obedience to the faith as he writes to the Romans. So he had this special gift given by God, and quite an office of being the apostle. If we look in chapter 15, uh, same book, Romans 15:15. 15, 15. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written more boldly to you on some points as reminding you because of the grace given to me by God. Then he goes on to say that I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Again, he's appealing to his apostleship that was given to him. That's that great grace that uh, that he has, a special one in uh ministering in this sense. Uh 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10. Uh, Here in verse 9 it says, For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one of you take heed how he builds it. There, again, it's it's the authority that's been given to him. And God, in granting that uh, gift of him and his uh, ministry and apostleship. One more. Galatians 2, and uh, verse 9. And it says, When James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that had been given to me, They gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. The grace there is not a a salvation grace uh, distinctly. I mean, evidently, you know, uh, that's always the case. But yet at this particular uh, juncture, he is already a Christian and there's a special grace given. And, of course, they appoint him as um, going to the Gentiles. There's Barnabas and himself. So that's a little bit of the idea of... um, the apostleship, the the grace that's uh, granted by God to Paul and what he's doing. So as he does quite often, he uses the apostleship not to presume upon him, but at the same time he's saying this is coming from God, and so therefore this would be something that uh, you want to pay attention to. With the authority that he has, he's laying a necessity for them for obedience. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you. As he's speaking to all the uh, the uh, people in Rome and the church. Paul had a background we know as being very Jewish, very Pharisaic. Um, he was one that was the Jew of Jews. And we know in passages like in Philippians, uh, the great um, background that he had, his education, but yet in his ministry, he is recognizing that it's all by the grace of God. And Paul never does anything out of his own. He recognizes that everything that that he does is is by the grace of God. Good rule of thumb: recognizing that everything's by grace. Turn to First uh, Timothy, chapter one, verse twelve. And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me. That's a power word there. He gave Him the power to be able to do what He was going to do. Because He counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. However, for this reason, I obtained mercy that in me, first, Jesus Christ might show all longsuffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on Him for everlasting life. Paul recognizes exactly where he got his ministry and why he is who he is. And it's all by the grace of God. Glory to God by by His grace. And that is a good thing to know as we, um, I think, approach each day. <laughs> Everything's by grace. Simple, but yet profound. I think Paul has a humility. In his apostleship that he does have, he doesn't overabuse it. He recognizes that it's it's a grace. It's all been come from God and everything that he does. Is all responsible, coming from Christ, and He's empowered by Him, but yet He has the authority to make these commands as He's saying uh, here in this passage in Romans, and He and He does it in a way that, with being a great apostle, and still having humility at its max. Uh, look in First Peter five five. Now, Peter talks about this, and of all people, you think of Peter before, um, I guess you could say, the the cross. And you remember many times, Peter was probably not a great example of humility. And yet he writes an epistle that is full of humility. What a change happened to him. uh, 1 Peter 5, 5, we're probably familiar with this. But it says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. So he's dealing with humility. Peter knows that. Paul knows that. And men that would have been tempted humanly to be able to maybe abuse the office they had, and yet Peter in this chapter is saying that uh, there's been a flock that has been given to him uh, and that he's a shepherd, but there's a greater shepherd, a chief shepherd, that being Christ. So, therefore, he says, uh, now anybody that has an office, like being an elder, you'd be clothed with humility. Completely covered over with humility. And uh, so, Paul, would you say, as being an apostle, is also humble? And what is he calling for? As he is an, a good example of humility, even with all the authority that he has, he can now call for humility to all the ones that he's writing to here in Rome. I think it's probably uh, what would be the most basic Christian virtue there is. Before you really look at the gifts and serving God, if you've looked at Christ, then look at yourself. Make sure that you're not holding yourself too high, right? And so he would be saying that. I think it's the immediate effect of having a life that says... I'm giving you my mind. I'm giving you my body. Everything about me, Lord, like in the first two verses, by your mercies, I can do this. I'm giving you everything. You own me. Whatever you want. And we have that attitude. Then, that's when humility can can set in. Not a forced humility, but a humility that comes through the Holy Spirit. So our very basis of where we're moving here and the right way of thinking is the fact that it's all based on grace. Grace theology, we think of that. Does that work pretty good? It's always good to get a foundation, like to think, oh, okay, well, okay, we've got these two verses, we have a foundation, and it, but he doesn't move right into the gifts right there either. <laughs> he says, okay, here's what we have to do. Um, let's go into this thinking. thinking. You want to think? Not to think. So he brings out a negative statement, first of all. Here's how you don't think, and then here's how you do think. Um, we're not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. Those words, um, think, in the original text, is four times the word think comes up, and it's basically the same Greek word every time. And there's a wrong way to think, is what he's saying. One of them is thinking highly of ourselves. Another wrong way is the opposite, where we consider ourselves so much as worms that, yeah, in one sense we are worthless without Christ, but then we have to see ourselves in Christ. But we can have a false humility. And so, therefore, he, I think there's probably something to that. The first word there is uh, not to think more highly. Uh, highly thinking, uh, the word would be... Um, Hooper. And when you think of Hooper, we could take this and put a stem on there and make it hyper. What's hyper mean? <laughs>
1: Did <you be> wired?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh basically two words put together. You think of hyper, hooper over, uh for nails dealing with the mind or thinking. Uh Think of your brain. okay? But um, And that word phaneo is going to keep popping up here, dealing with thinking. That's what Paul wants to do. He wants to get people to thinking. And that's the whole idea in the first couple of verses. But there's wrong ways to think. We know, yeah, the worldly way. Yeah, he says, okay, here's how you can keep from this. This means to overthink. For really want to take this literal Greek word. Hooper, hyper, over. Phaneo, mind, thinking. To overthink. It means to think above or in other words, in our English, to proudly think, be proudly thinking about ourselves. Overestimating would probably be a good way to translate that. Overestimating ourselves, that we're actually better than, than we really are. He says, don't do that. Okay, don't, don't be doing that. By, by the grace of God, I'm an apostle, I'm telling you don't do that. That's what Paul's saying. Um, I think it's easy to overvalue ourselves, um, especially as far as the um, the person uh, without Christ. They can do that all the time. That's, that's, that's their nature. But Christians battle it. We battle it constantly. We know that uh, we have certain abilities. We have certain gifts. We have certain things that maybe some other people don't have in certain areas, and other people do. And so, therefore, it's awfully easy to pride ourselves in that. We like to take our worth and make it more than, than what it is. I think that's uh, fair to say that we can sometimes um, make uh, an estimate of ourselves. That's not really true. That's natural. And, and it's linked to pride. And, of course, if you think of pride, I think probably it's the first and most deadly of the seven deadly sins. <laughs> Isn't that what it starts with, pride? And we always deal with that. We, we have to always be examining ourselves and testing that for the flesh Loves to rear its ugly head and make ourselves out to be more than what we are. Um, we can be solid in God's word. We can be just busy as as can be. We can be serving Him, but our gifts uh, will not operate so that our lives can be spiritually productive until we set ourselves aside. When when we say, Hey, really. I'm really nothing without Christ. I'm thankful for what He has given me, and I want to serve Him, but I know that without Him, I'm zero. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Uh, we're the branches. We have to have Him. We're nothing without Him. We're relying totally upon Him. Uh, but So there's a daily dying, right? Daily dying to self. Don't think more highly than we ought to think. Um, Call to Humility. Uh, Hit Galatians chapter 6. Verse 3. This is pretty good. For if anyone thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, (laughs) he deceives himself. And then he says, "Let each one examine his own work. Then he'll have rejoicing in himself alone, and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load." It's about sharing burdens of others and such. But even there, it's saying if if we think ourselves to be something, um, we can be deceiving ourselves in the sense that maybe we're kind of depending on ourselves rather than Christ Himself. What are some things? I'll throw this out to you. What are some things where people can be prideful of and maybe not even know it? I mean, people don't want to go around saying, hey, I want to be prideful. Christians don't want to do that. They don't take virtue in that. But would you say, like starting it off, would you say family, coming from maybe a good family roots, could be a source of pride? Is that a possibility? What are some other ones? Huh? Oh possessions, name? right? That takes in money, cars, houses, everything. Can you take pride in that possibility? Can Christians do that? Piety. Ooh, ooh, religious religious pride. Oh boy. That can be one of the most dangerous ones, can't it not? <laughs> Bread today. You guys had some of this bread? It's healthy stuff. Somebody said something. Sandy. Ooh,
1: ooh, 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 yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: You've never seen anybody abuse their. Uh, their position as a, as a boss, have you guys, you haven't experienced that, have you? No, well, it's even, you know, not necessarily that, but just thinking you know so much more than everybody else
2: does, you know, like because you've been there a while and you think you're really
0: something. <laughs> so you've just been there for a while, right? <laughs> you know, Education. Education. What?
2: Because
1: it's just that way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Obama. Oh. I've,
0: I've known many people have been very prideful over the education, and they'll be glad to tell you where they were at, how many years they did, and what degrees they earned, and not to cut that down. I mean, that, that can be a good thing. It's Sometimes you, you need to know those things, but some can take that and use that as a uh, sense of being put over other people. So you ask them about their student loans.
3: <laughs> that can knock the pride right out of them, 'em, can't it?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about uh well we said we said piety. Uh within that same realm, uh sometimes if somebody comes from a particular uh denomination, um something that has been historically uh a great church, sits on the corner, it's been well respected for years. And maybe it had good reason and still has good reason to today, uh, but yet it might be for the fact, yeah, well, our church is a little bit better. Yeah. Tradition. Right. Tradition. Yeah. Right.
2: Or the teacher. A lot of people are very proud because of who they have learned from. Who uh, baptized? <laughs> right. Paul yep. runs through that. <coughs> baptized too?
0: Absolutely. And of course that's where denominations came from, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I
2: think along with family a lot of people brag about people they know their friends and acquaintances.
0: Yep. Your your friends, your connections. You can go on and on and on. There are plenty of things to be prideful of power and influence.
1: Power. Influence.
4: Friends. Go on and on and on what really doesn't have thinking of when I say marriage,
0: marriage. what you say marriage marriage can be prideful in the sense that help me out
1: Don't <laughs> well, be single
0: you understand <laughs> God,
1: know but uh, i mean, I've, I've heard this a lot not you know but there's some kind of marriage pride when sometimes people feel like if somebody is a little older and they're not married automatically they have an issue
2: right and, that's absolutely, he's yeah. absolutely right and, married people think they're all about something that when you're single
0: yeah it's, yeah,
2: what's
1: wrong? <laughs> oh, okay. yeah it's like they they're kinda of, they can so be fun. almost
0: a, a lesser I've pe- heard about that before i mean
1: marriage is a good thing, but some people just. Sometimes make it seem like if you're not, you nod, your it, up, you, yeah, you, you, you have a problem. Right. Yeah. How come well, you're not married?
0: You got what what's yeah. what's problem he made, here, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. Didn't Paul call singleness a? gift? He called yeah. it a gift. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: he did. It's a it, it can be a good thing. But in our
3: pride, we're okay.
0: denying that. Uh huh. Well,
2: you yeah. know, and he just said something. That, you know, marriage is a good thing. He All he of those does. things are good things
0: huh? yeah.
2: until yeah. we get hold of them. <laughs> We make them really not so nice. so we can
0: take something good and turn it into something that does not honor God. We can do that pretty easy if we don't recognize God's grace and if we're not presenting ourselves to him, recognizing hey, it's all about him, He's the one that's given me this anyway. I have nothing to boast about, nothing ever to use upon somebody that's a, That's the attitude that we would like to have. But we still battle for that, don't we? Yeah. Then we're too tired to do any good. We're <laughs>
3: battling it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <a>
0: battle it. <laughs> well, how about how about on the extreme, when one says, "Oh no, I, you know, I I don't I can't do anything, you know, I I just um, just don't don't say anything about me, you know," or and what they're really wanting is "Oh no, man, you're really good." You know, they're thinking lowly of themselves, but really it's to get the compliment to where they can feel real good about themselves. They're begging for a compliment. Mm-hmm. So we can get in that mode.
2: Or so, else they just want to get out of doing whatever. Mm-hmm. I know not good at them. I just, I can't.
0: Yeah. yeah, I just can't do, we'll we'll do that. We'll yeah.
2: yeah. yeah.
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> not being able to use what uh, we could be Using what? Doing. Well, that's a wrong way to think. And then he says, okay, of himself more highly. Don't think yourself more highly than he ought to think. That's that word freneto again. But to uh, think soberly. To think soberly. So freneto. And this time it's related in that it has freneto and. It has this word, so, in front of it, and that's dealing with, as a matter of fact, if you put this soph on here, or soph, or sophists, have you guys ever heard of that? Philosophy, what is that? Phile is dealing with love, right? Philadelphia, love of brethren. Philosophy is love of wisdom, right? Um, soph. So this would be wise thinking. Uh, Think soberly. Think in your right mind. Think with a sound mind. Sound mind.
1: And that's a good way to put it.
0: Having sound judgment. So don't be thinking too highly of ourselves, but thinking with having a sound judgment. That would be a right way to think. A Christian, as we're moving into the gifts, that's that's the area, we have to appraise these gifts that God has given us, and they are to glorify God for his very giving or his bestowing these gifts upon us and then exercise these gifts knowing full well it's going to be through the strength of the Holy Spirit. So we're not to uh, abuse these gifts and we're not to not use them, uh, but yet recognize it's all depending upon the the Spirit of God uh, to to treat these with. So having a sound judgment is having a mind of Christ in that sense, thinking like He would. We are nothing in and of ourselves, right? Without Him, we we can't do anything. In Christ, we can be used for the very glory of God through the Spirit who is in us who directs these gifts to be used. So true humility then, going back to this verse, is essential. We cannot use gifts without humility. It's for all spiritual matters. Uh, Augustine uh, wrote a book called The City of God. Some of you have probably heard of that. Um, two cities, he says this, two cities have been formed by two loves. Okay, Two cities represented two loves. The earthly by the love of self even to the contempt of God. Okay, The love of self all the way to the point that you have contempt of God. The heavenly city which would be by the love of God, even to the contempt of self. So the two cities are compared, and you have a love of self, is what it comes down to, which is contempt of God, or a love of God, and it even gets to the point of contempting of your own self, recognizing that you're nothing there. Uh, One of them glories in self, and uh, the other one is in the Lord. And so that would be a right way of thinking. There was a writer by the name of Ray Steadman and he kind of summarized this all. Every day he said when he'd get up he would think this, I'm made in the image of God. Is that good thinking? Now this gets it in, into a balance. And what all of this is dealing with is a is a balance. Anytime you deal with God's Word you want balance. We don't want to go to extreme anyway one way or the other but we want His balance which is what, what, what Christ, as far as His wisdom is concerned, what is it that, that can be put in there in my life? Made in the image of God. Number two, I'm filled with the Spirit of God. And we're commanded to do that. It's not an option. Be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. So every day, recognizing we're in the image of God, that we have the Holy Spirit, and we're to be filled with Him. And number three, I'm a part of the plan of God. As we look back in verse two, at the end of there, we recognize that His will. If we are renewing our mind, we recognize His His will is good, and it's ex- it's more than acceptable, and it's perfect. You know, if we recognize that, then I think it helps us face that day that we're getting ready to uh, to attack. <laughs> it's all Him. So, so for now sound judgment thinking that correctly there's one more phrase Okay, now we're to think soberly and then he comes in with the last phrase which says as God has dealt or given to each one a measure of faith could be kind of a difficult passage what is this measure of faith you get a lot of uh, different ideas on this from different commentators, but um, we've all been given, by God, we're all Christians, a measure of faith. And, of course, he's moving into that, that next section. He's specifying that there is a due measure of it. Keep within the limit of the grace that has been given by God to you. Keep within that limit. Uh, The gifts, they're going to come by faith. Salvation comes by faith. The gifts come by faith. Uh, They're given to those who believe. If you are a believer, you've been granted faith. You are a believer, that means you've been granted a gift. Uh, culminate, maybe a culmination of gifts, a many, many-colored, multifaceted gift that takes in maybe quite a few different elements. Everybody's different, right? But um, he's saying our individual spiritual gifts—they're received by faith, and its operating features that it has is that God has sovereignly disposed these to us. He's granted them exactly how much he wants for each one, that perfect gift for that particular person, and he sovereignly does that, and he gives it to every believer. There is that certain measure or a, a limit. Uh, when a, With faith, a believer will take and receive the power of, let's say, discernment as to knowing what his limitations are, um, of what he can do, and of what he can't do. Of course, there's a lot of experience that goes with that, but recognizing, okay, here's here's the power that God has given. There's a characteristic that uh, individuals have, but it's due to the discriminating act of God of how he takes and uses each one. We, We can't choose salvation, and we cannot choose our gifts, Uh, God knows exactly how he wants to run his plan and he gives us exactly what we need to do in that plan. That's phenomenal, isn't it? That he's put something in us that uh, is totally distinct from anybody else in the body of Christ, but yet it unifies with them. Unity and diversity. Kind of moving to that. Uh, So, really, we're here to function to take what He's given us. He has a sovereign design. He has a sovereign will. And that was that perfect will in verse 2. And because of that sovereign will, He has a sovereign design for us to work in in the body. John Murray says something here, and you have to really kind of concentrate on what he's saying. And I'm not so sure exactly what what it is, but by the end of it, maybe it'll help. (laughs) He says, it's called a measure of faith in the restricted sense of the faith that is suited to the exercise of this gift. And this nomenclature is used to emphasize the cardinal place which faith occupies not only in our becoming members of this community, but also in the specific functions performed as members of it. He's saying it's a measure of faith in, that, in how this gift is exercised, it not only is the fact that by faith we are brought in to the body of Christ that is granted to us, that's our linking to God, faith is, doesn't come from us. Uh, this gift, uh, and that's what this faith would be here that goes past just salvation, we're not only just being members of this community, of this body of Christ, but in specific functions of how the church is to do that this this one individual and all the individuals, they perform this as members of it. MacArthur says, "...it's the faith through which the Lord uses His measured gift in us to the fullest. It encompasses all the understanding we need to rightly and fully use our uniquely bestowed gifts. By faith we can understand... Uh, and, of course, it's an ongoing thing, but we can at least understand that we can fully use these gifts if um, we have our minds transformed and we're presenting ourselves to Him and we're thinking in, in the right way. We can use those gifts to do ministry. amazing thing. What
1: happens if I don't like my gifts and I'm to play the keyboard like <laughs> hey. come on up yeah. come on up and I can play because <laughs> I think a lot of people are very excited like that where they are they always look at somebody else they want to be able to do that or that person receives more glory and honor I don't want that yeah. everybody wants to be it
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're not content with that. Maybe it's not showy enough. You know, you think of the Corinthian church, and they wanted what the showy gifts. They uh, they wanted the tongues. They wanted you know all of that. And evidently, there were a lot of that going on in the Corinthian church. And Paul writes that church to correct a lot of their problems. And of course, when you get into twelve and thirteen and fourteen, and that's chapters dealing with gifts. He said, I know you desire the showy gifts, but seek the greater gift, the greatest gift. What is it? Well, it's love, uh, a, a humble type love. And so we've all been given the measure. If we try to go beyond what we've really been given because somebody else has something over here that looks even better, we've gone outside that measure. Uh, and that would contradict. I'm glad you brought that up, Eldon, because that kind of thinking would contradict what the end of three says, where uh, God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. In the Standard
1: says God has
0: Yeah, that proportion, or, 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 or not proportion, but given that particular... Isn't that incredible? It's it's like he could just said, okay, here's all the gifts, and just throw them out there and do whatever you want with them. <laughs> but, <laughs> that'd be a
1: mess, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, no, in the
0: kitchen. Well, it's broth. <laughs> Isn't that a lot
1: of a teaching, though? Yeah. But, hey, I put every one of these gifts. You yeah, yeah. set your mind on what it is that you want, and you, if you work, and if, that can be your gift. Truly. Well, you can manipulate it like
0: yeah, I really, uh, I really want that one,
2: guy.
3: You didn't call it a grab bag. This is something that you are given, right? And, and
0: this is the one I want you to use. You don't have that one over there. You have this one. But how often um, would we? Like to be somebody else or like somebody else or doing the same thing that they do, but yet we're not wired for that. We're wired in a different way. And, you know, contentment, you know, that's what you were bringing up there, too. We need to be content with that gift. I mean, contentment is, um, I think, how God is glorified the most. If we are content with where He has put us, no matter what, God is most glorified. What does Piper say? God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in Him. Satisfied in Him. Whatever you've given me, Lord, thank you. I don't deserve it. We'd be most satisfied
1: in it when we realize what it says here at the end of verse 3, that it's God that
0: has a lot of it. God has given us, and we ought to be satisfied with whatever He's given. Absolutely. What if He gave us something that we... We couldn't do or couldn't manage, then we'd be very dissatisfied, wouldn't we? Yeah, he knows exactly what we need. Janice, has he been thinking about taking up a music instrument lately?
1: <laughs> I don't
0: think he's ever played anything, has he? No. he you know? you never you might have missed the gift that was there. <laughs> it's never too late but
3: you know it also depends sometimes like my, my sister goes to this group um, in St. Louis where they knit you know so I mean you know the gift of, of, of crafts and knitting if it draws you together in fellowship you know then those gifts can be used to draw others into fellowship and you know and to learn um, so I mean you know, looking at, at different things as, you know, as, as a gift. Like, I can grow tomatoes, but I can't grow, you know, peppers. You know, and I don't know why. I still haven't figured that out. But, you know, <laughs> but we can use those, you know, as we use our, our gifts, there's are gifts that people gather around as far as fellowship is concerned. Like, you know, build, rebuild cars, you know, and that, and rebuilding cars draws people in, that want to rebuild cars, and we use you know those things as as witnessing opportunities.
0: Good. Um, yeah, you use that as as a tool,
1: Because
0: right. we know ultimately, hey, it's great to have an interest, but where do you even want your interest to even point to? I always want it to be Christ. Everything is so focused around Him that say, Hey, I enjoy this. At the same time, you can tie it in to, Oh, well, this is all about Christ anyway because He's given me this interest. You can talk about the things of the Lord. That's where you want all conversations to eventually go in, anyway. I mean, you can you can talk about uh, you know the baseball game and see all the, the great things that happen with it. But tying that all together, the reason we're really enjoying this is, Hey, we're two Christians sharing this, and Hey, guess what? This is this is really neat. You know, this is fun. But it ultimately gets you into a higher conversation. And Nothing wrong with talking about the game or hundreds of other things. It's just nice to have things in common. And we know that Christ being in common is the whole root of it all anyway. That's the, the true joy. But yeah, there's a lot of things that can be used with the talents that we've been given to be able to use the gifts that we have. Exactly. So I guess really we are, we're called to kind of uh, evaluate uh, what our contributions are to the, the body of Christ, the church, on the basis of gifts we have. Have we been using this gift? Have we been uh, using it that can honor Christ, building up uh, other people, understand that these um, endowments that God has um, bestowed on us, uh, God has given us, it's all His, perfectly given in a perfect way. If we take that seriously, um, we will begin to use those gifts for God in a in a much bigger way. that's really verse three. I've never quit early before, so we're gonna to move to verse four. I did put three through five, but I honestly didn't think we'd get through a full verse we'd, we could spend more time on it but what this 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 all ties together. He started off verse three with what four. Okay, because of this. Here's another linking. For Four, as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. There, are, I don't think I have a CD up here anymore. Maybe I do. Uh, nope, wrong one. That's portable sound. Toby Mack has a... Uh, diverse City uh, CD and they really push unity and diversity you can be so diverse and they have all sorts of different um, backgrounds different people you know, playing in the band and they demonstrate that in the music that they sing and such and just showing in the body of Christ this, this is what we have one body you know, one church but yet you have the different functions everybody is probably set in on teaching of gifts probably more than once or twice or three or four or five times probably. You've gone through that many times. This is really how it functions. This is putting it into practice. When we went through Romans, especially like the first nine chapters, and then, of course, I guess you could say, yeah, 10 and 11, and you're dealing with doctrine, basically. It's almost all doctrine. And even though you can still put it into place, it's it's still there as far as practice is concerned. But this is really where now you have to apply all that doctrine that you learned through those 11 chapters. Now it comes into play. And I think what happens in a, a lot of the churches, they will teach these practical things, which is really good, but if you don't have all that basis, that foundation that is laid... People are going to try to do things and yet they're going to run out of gas because they don't know where the power really comes from, what has happened to you, who you are now uh, in Christ, and so therefore I think it can be confusing the whole idea of the teaching of of the gifts. I mean, how many times have you probably gone over sections like that? Usually people like to get into the practical sections and spend all their time on that and have a, a little or no time at all for doctrine. And so I feel like I'm in a different area than we have ever been here on our Monday night studies, which has been almost all doctrine. And of course, we say, okay, we want to apply this too. But now it it is definite application, isn't it? Doesn't it seem a little bit different than what a lot of our Reformed theology that we put forth? But this is reforming us. This is where it actually says now, by Paul saying, by my grace, I'm telling you this. You better not think too highly of yourself. Get a proper thinking of who you are and what has been given to you. You've been given great, a great gift. Now think this way: what you can do, Bill. And likewise, you
1: can only get a proper thinking about yourself. And proper thinking about
0: exactly. And that's where it all starts. And
1: not
0: you have to start with who God is. His character, His nature, His work, His person uh, of Christ. Uh, and then we see who we are. Then we can see how now we can relate um, in the body. Um, did
3: you, are we allowed to use verse 5 at all? Cause I,
0: I think we might allow okay, that. Well,
3: cause it's in, in NIV, it just says, So in Christ we who are many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. Mm-hmm. So your gift is really not your own, and yourself is not your own. So, you know, whatever that gift is, it has, you know, it, it, it's supposed to be used for the church to edify the church. But
1: didn't we put marriage up there as saying it could be dangerous? <laughs> yeah. Okay. But I didn't know what
3: the New King James had in in five. I mean, you know.
1: <laughs>
0: read DNAS the back there in verse five, please.
1: <laughs> Eldon, closes
0: Bible. I've okay, never I seen know, him do that talking about, see,
1: I
2: mean, I know they're talking about some specific gifts here but
0: in verse 6 oh no, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm just we're kidding
2: we right? yeah. but, but the thing is, is when I'm looking at this when you're looking at 3 through 5 it's talking about the right Look at yourself. You you need to keep your. And when I go on to read the rest of that, is that not saying, no matter what you're doing, you still isn't that under the same idea, the the idea that you need the right thinking by that measure of faith that God has assigned to you.
0: Yeah, keep that thinking
2: up. If you're in prophecy. That doesn't make you way up here like you're really something and, and then there's this little janitor down there who sees nothing. You know what I'm saying? Right. Isn't right. it under the same idea? It applies
0: Isn't with all those. All
2: mm-hmm. The whole thought and all the rest of this that it's not, they're not really like talking about the gifts so much as they're talking about the heart. no matter what, yeah, no matter what you're doing, you're in the right frame of mind that you're not, trying to lord it over somebody else and all the ja spiritual people and churches Well and I, I just you know when I read through this it's it it flows. It's not like saying, you know, oh well those are gifts like, you know, we all have different gifts. Some people play the keyboard and some people knit and all those are really you know, and we can use all those is that's not what I'm seeing here. What I'm seeing is just that flow of whatever you do do it do it in the right mind and yeah. your right judgment of yourself
0: yeah don't um don't do not use it you know, use this do whatever you have right. whether it be, and there's not a complete list here, you know you can go to Romans twelve, you can go to first Corinthians twelve uh you some can go to ephesians four
2: and some are you know like the. Ladies that were hospitable and, you know. Yeah. So some of them are, are action gifts and some of them are spiritual gifts. Sure. And sure.
0: So you like have that, that. think about it, do it.
2: Thing. It's the right thing. It's the right this section right here, it's you're looking at yourself in these things and making sure that you're in the right judgment of yourself. That you're not thinking too highly of yourself, whoever you are.
0: And there's a little bit of shift happening here, recognizing that, okay, now you are in a body. Okay. Still be thinking about that, though. Hey, this is what God has done. He has saved you, and uh, He has sanctified you and is continuing to sanctify you. He is empowering you, enabling you. He has gifted you. Uh, all of this is a matter of God's grace, and we are now in with other people that God has done the same thing, only different. <laughs> right,
2: and then that makes me think of the section where, you know, if you're a toe, you know, that, that's the same that's as good as being an eye.
0: Yeah, you do with what the measure that that has been given, and and you don't look at it as being something better than than another. It's just different functions that God wants to use with different people, and their sovereign grace again. People have trouble with sovereign grace for salvation, but I don't think they would. I would hope that they wouldn't think that you can choose your own gift. You know, that salvation thing stumbles people up. But there again, it's all of God's sovereign and grace.
2: And it's all
0: yeah. So well, you know. We
2: haven't strayed from our reform teaching at all. Uh, no. I, uh, <laughs> Are you sure?
0: Always, always reforming. Yeah, Bob.
4: I I never actually. I don't think I volunteered to play keyboard either, but Dennis, <laughs> but, but Dennis incredible. encouraged me with the gifts that he has and very encouragement to to do it, and I just, you know, went ahead and did that, and it, you know, it's it's brought a lot of growth for me. But, um, you know, and I don't at all consider myself really like a keyboard player. Or,
1: uh, well, yeah, and I, yeah,
4: I, I thank God He He gave me musical appreciation and things like that. I, I like to do that, but um, but um, I think that see when I became a Christian, I heard a teaching on spiritual gifts, and I was really uh, motivated to want to pursue that too. I don't know if that's a guy's way of thinking. That, well, I, I need to know where I'm plugged in here. You know, I don't need to know what God wants me to do. So that's, I pursue that in the scriptures, and then I look for confirmation from people. And I think my gift, my main gift is exhortation. I'm an encourager. I'm a person who wants to build other people up in Christ. That's my main thing. Um, but, you know, Dennis... Saw that you know I had an interest in music, so he encouraged me to do this keyboard thing. Well, you know we see where that's gone, and you know (laughs) you can take that angle you want. you
0: (laughs) never thought you would have been doing that, (laughs) did you?
4: You know, and really, that's not the instrument that I really enjoy playing the most. But but I, it it, you know, it has. He was encouraging to have me stretch and to teach myself more of that. you know, so I, now I can appreciate the other instruments and playing in a, in a group where we have to coordinate, and, you know, play together and, and you know, be in harmony and all these things. <laughs> so it, it's like it all works together. But I, I would say, I, you know, here here's my Gordian thing coming out. If anyone has not pursued uh, gifts from the scriptures, you know, for themselves, I would sure encourage you to do that because. Uh, I think that's really what is going on here. I think you got to put it together with what Penny was saying. You have to always approach it with humility and fear of the Lord. You know, all these things. It all starts with the knowledge of God. But let God show you what he wants you to do in the body. And, uh, you know, if it's a toe, be the best toe you can be. You know, it's an eye. You know, because cause see... <laughs> He, we need that toe and and oh the, toe- <laughs> <laughs> you know, the toe that, but, <laughs> sorry, <no. laughs> and it, it, it it all you know God put that in you to to be the best you know 'cause he he the not want to it to you, so anyway, I'm just throwing that out because uh, Take some chances, you know, a little risk with it. Uh, don't be afraid
0: to stretch yourself. Are you exhorting people to check out the suit? I think you might be doing some exhorting right now, Bob.
1: Yeah. Janice.
0: Yeah, thanks, Bob. That's yeah. good.
1: Last phrase. Good.
0: Very good. You're actually, uh, yeah. You're you're uh, like I'm a part of you, part of each one of you guys. You're part of me. I mean, we're so connected together. It's hard to grasp that. This whole teaching of the body—it's incredible. That's that's the church and functioning.
2: Yeah, but the, but the wedding ceremony is a really good picture of that. You know, the, the families are there and the friends are there. They're, the idea is that they're part of that wedding ceremony and they're part of that they're encouraging and, you know, they're going to be there even like a baptism is a good picture of that. It's Being not like in we're t- just all standing around watching somebody get dunked. We're... We're part of that body, and we're there as support and an agreement. And you know what I mean? That's right. I mean, That's we good. have some pictures yeah. of this body thing, and, and how we're all connected. But I don't think we always think about it.
0: We're we're learning. We're in the process of learning what this. Is. Can you imagine if we reached the? Uh, I don't think you can ever reach a full potential. Whenever I say that, but as much as possible, if we did that, can you imagine what the body of Christ? Would be doing in, in this city, uh, in this state, in this nation, if the body of Christ, and that's, that's the true believers in it, were functioning as they are really supposed to be doing. If they're not being conformed by the world, their, their minds are changing to the way that they should be thinking. They're not thinking highly of themselves. As a matter of fact, they esteem others more highly than themselves, as it says in Philippians chapter 2. You think of all those humility sections and we constantly battle with what the world tells us. The world does not teach about humility. It's quite the opposite, isn't it? If you look at the commercials that's being presented, it's all about self. We know that. But that's what we battle and, and always will. But if we would be thinking with sound judgment... There is never any need for the body of Christ to be at odds. We might have differences in, in some doctrine and certain things, and, and until Christ comes back, those things are going to be bantered about. But there, there's like Ephesians 4, verse 4 through 6. First of all, you have to be unified in this. There's one body. There's one spirit. Just as you were called in one hope of your calling. That's precious, isn't it? One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. And the last verse of that is, but to each one of us, grace, gratis, was given, gratis, according to the measure of Christ's gift. Now that verse 7 correlates with our Romans 12 here. He has the perfect gift for each one of us and it couldn't be better. Just like His will. When we realize how perfect and good it is, how acceptable it is to us, how precious it is, it is a good will of God. It's always good and everything. And then His gift is perfect. We say, I want to use that. And that's how He gets His glory. If
3: I may throw a preview to uh, this coming January when we reach Romans 14. You think that. The reason why it doesn't work sometimes is because Romans 14 except him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters one yeah. man's faith allows him to eat everything but another man whose faith is weak eats only vegetables the man who eats everything must not look down on him who does not and the man who does not eat everything must not condemn the man who does for God has accepted him why are you to judge someone else's servant to his own master he stands or falls and he will stand for the Lord is able to make him stand that's I mean, we can that hits it right there
0: doesn't it yeah because we're gonna have some differences, there will obviously. Be disputable matters. Yes. Because we are diverse. But the unity is commanded there, isn't it? Yeah, Very good. You can't adjustment. wait till we get to fourteen, I think can that's you? That's a pretty fair assessment <laughs> That's good. That's a possibility. It's a possibility, Bill. You're thinking more highly of our speed than is really needs to be thought of. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Trouble there, isn't he? I'm trying to encourage. Ignore. He said January. He didn't say what year. There we go. Yeah, 2011. So,
0: thank you guys for being on this part because you know what. This stuff is not really hard to understand. It's something I'm sure we have probably read, heard many times, but it's always good to be reminded, and it's something that uh, needs to be put into practice whenever he says function there, uh, the body functioning there in in Romans uh, 12, uh, 4 and 5. It's dealing with uh, an ordinarily act that is done or or practiced. Praxis. Praxis is, is, uh, is the word. Anyway, thank you guys for coming out and uh, I think we can definitely get a lot of good discussions on what's coming because we all have experiences in these and sometimes we wonder, I'm not so sure I know what my gift is. Does that necessarily mean that's bad? Maybe not. You just do it, right? Sometimes there's a lot of... Uh, different views, I think, uh, that we can get on what what uh, these gifts are. But I think it can certainly help us in our, our walk with Christ and honor Him more as we uh, let Him transform a mind, renew us. Let's uh, stand and, and let's close with a word of prayer. And if I can have Eldon there close us.